Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Relax. See, after that, anything will be better. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm in a series uh, connected with our kingdom builders, but more than that, looking at every aspect of our life called Kingdom Seeds. We're growing and learning so much in this series, and again, uh, I, I appreciate you being here. What have we learned? What are we learning from this Kingdom Seeds series? Well, uh, we've seen uh, from Genesis, from the beginning, that God established an order. And, it, and we're here in 2 Corinthians 9, but I'll, I'll just make a couple of references. We saw in Genesis 1.29 that the first gift God ever gave mankind was seed-bearing fruit. He said it's going to produce, it's going to produce after its kind, and it's a gift he gave us. There's a concept, there's a principle there that God uses to operate his kingdom. It's God's design. We have to understand that. Oh, there have been some people that have misrepresented and abused and manipulated this teaching, but, but we need to push that over and understand this principle and how it works, how it impacts everything we do. Uh, seed time and harvest is God's plan. It's how heaven comes to earth. See, Jesus said, pray this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, where on earth as it is. There is a connection that God has given us as Christians that allows us to live this life on earth connected to who he is in heaven. How many are thankful we're not limited to ourselves? How many want to live a life bigger than yourself? How many want to do that? I really want to live a life bigger than myself. Well, I have to learn and understand God's design. How does that happen? Is that just a concept? Is it just some kind of rallying cry? Or is it the ability? Is that within our grasp to live this life connected to God and His ability? We need to understand that. Kingdom seeds positions us to do those very things. Now, when we live, we're about to read 2 Corinthians 9, but when we begin to understand how God operates, how He answers prayer, how He moves us along in our journey, it requires faith. How many heard that word? It requires faith. It requires trust. It requires choices. God gave us a free will, and we have to implement those to see the fullness of His plan work in our everyday life, in your marriage, with your children, in the marketplace, in your education. It affects every way we live when we begin to apply these principles. Uh, It's it's like a seed developing as we respond to God in this measure. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 9. Let's look at verses 10 and 11. This has been our foundation passage for this series. I want to read it again. And let's make sure we're, we're understanding who does what. In this process. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. Who's the supplier of the seed? It's God. Who are the sowers? You and I. So according to God's word, he places seed in our lives. Gifts, talents, ability, time, treasure, opportunities. God has placed heaven seed in every one of us. Okay? We're responsible to sow that seed. All right, so let's keep reading. He also gives us bread for food. 
In other words, the picture of as a farmer, he says, while you're sowing your seed and waiting for a crop, God's also feeding you at the same time. Amen? He's taking care of you in this process. So he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed. Seed. God, seed is what? Seed is something God gives me, but it's not for me. Seed is something God gives me, but it's to be given from me. God is always looking for people and churches that he can invest more seed in. God gives everybody seed. God gives every church seed. He gives all of us opportunities. But if we go dig a hole and bury the seed, that's the end of the process. If we plant and sow the seed, he gives more seed. Isn't that the goal of life, to be used by God? To do greater things, to see his kingdom come and his will is done. So God is looking for opportunity to increase our store of seed. And he will enlarge the harvest of our righteousness. Verse 11, don't let this make you squeamish. Let's read the whole verse and we see what? Look at this. You will be made rich in every way. You know, God cares about what matters to you. But there's a purpose for his blessing. Come on. See that? You will be made rich in every way. Why? So that you can be generous. God's not building selfish people. He's participating with generous people. And he's excited to do that. So you'll be made rich in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know, we live in a uh, season now that is, that is part of this uh, pandemic uh, hangover, <laughs> all right? And it has created to me a sense of lack. Uh, you know, so now we're talking about the supply chain lack, right? People are, you know, I, I think, I, I've got a little theory now. I think all the retailers are pushing that. Because what they're telling is you better run out and buy your Christmas gift now. Because if you don't, nothing's going to be there. What are we doing? We're running out there now. What do we say? I'm not going to wait for Black Friday. I'm going to go buy Christmas right now. We're probably going to have the biggest Christmas we've ever had in retail in America. You listen to your pastor today. We're going to surpass everything that's ever been on their records. Are you listening to me? I'm going to go ahead and stretch out here. Because here's what happened. We're, we're now being manipulated and motivated by fear and lack. Fear and lack. But I believe as men and women in the kingdom of God that we don't have to be motivated by fear and lack. We are committed to the God who said, I'm your provider. And as we learn to follow him, we see him do that. Okay, so, so what are we doing? We're, we're, we're going to stop postponing our obedience. We're going to stop postponing our dreams. We're going to stop postponing doing what God put us on this world to do. Amen? We don't have to wait to see what the government does next. We don't have to wait to see what happens next. We're going to go ahead and start serving God right now with all of our heart and see what God will do. In fact, what I want to give you today, my my message entitled today is, Where's Your Seed? I want us to rediscover what's already with us. Where's your seed? Here's what I want to do today. Everybody's talking about the vaccine and mandate. I'm going to vaccinate you against someday today. We're going to get the someday vaccination today. How many want to line up for the someday vaccination? You're scared, aren't you? Trust me. I'm not going to be like these others. What does that mean? I want to vaccinate us against waiting on someday to start living for God. 
Because we're going to get vaccinated against someday. No more someday. We're going to live for today. Right? Ready? We're going to live for today. We're going to say, God, where's my seed? We're going to eliminate our excuses and, and our alibis, and, and, and we're going to go for this thing. Where's my seed? See, one of the things that, that I want us to understand, let's go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 3. We're going to use a couple of, of, of biblical uh, characters, real people, Exodus chapter 3, that, that dealt with uh, what happens, and they illustrate for us, what happens when I overlook my seed? What happens when I live without recognizing what God's already given me? What are the consequences of that? So now, now are, you, are, are you ready to be vaccinated against someday? Now is everybody comfortable against that? Okay. We're, we're going to take that. You, you can now, you can leave today. You can leave today. If somebody asks you, have you been vaccinated? You can say yes. Yes. Where did you get vaccinated? At church. They'll come with you next week and wonder how they can get one. All right. So here we are. One of the most important areas that everybody deals with, many, many people in this room, those of you watching me online, is that what has happened in our past has defeated us. We, we, we've given up living today because of what happened yesterday. We've lost our joy and our peace and our faith and our hope because of something that happened to us, a mistake we made, something that occurred in our life. And, and, and let me tell, help us. The key to coming out of the defeats of your past is discovering where your seed is. Are you with me? If you want to come out of guilt and shame, defeat and discouragement, and, and, and the residue of the past, and start validating the importance of today, then we have to discover where's our seed in this process. So let's look at this. Uh, here's Moses, defeated by his past. God miraculously spared his life. He was born with a death verdict over him. You know what I believe? I believe this generation that, that, we're, that we have before us right now has an assignment over it from hell to abort you before you're ever born. I believe there is a fear in hell of the potential of the young men and women that are being born right now. And just like Moses born with a death verdict over his head, God supernaturally spared his life, placed him in Pharaoh's house. The very man who said he has to die. Isn't God amazing what he can do? And he grows up in Pharaoh's home, but he realizes, I'm not an Egyptian, I'm an Israelite. And my people are being abused and, and, and put into slavery, and I want to do something about it. Listen, how many of us want justice in this world today? I want justice in this world, but you know what I've discovered? George Sawyer is not the answer for justice. Jesus Christ is the answer for justice. And if we really want justice, we better go to the source of the great judge. Come on, who's with me today? So Moses tries to correct an error himself. You know what he does. He kills an Egyptian, buries him in the sand. Uh, it's discovered and he flees for his life. Man, he made a mistake. He blew it. He murdered someone. And, and, and now he's defeated by his past. He's living in the desert. He's been out there 40 years running from his past, away from his call. His dream is dying every day by attrition. This mighty deliverer is just becoming someone who's going through the motions of life. Anybody can relate to some of those things. 
So we find this encounter in Exodus 3, verse 1. Now, I lo- all right, are you ready? See, we're getting vaccinated again someday. So what are we going to live in now? Where's my seed? I need to find my seed now if I'm going to break out of the past. Everybody with me? So here we go. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. Come on, tell the truth. He's living off his father-in-law. Things aren't going well. You know, I don't know if it's like, but every day he goes home to the tent and his wife's like, so what'd you do today? He said, don't ask me. You know, we're living off my dad. He said, don't talk about it. Come on, I know not. Okay, it got quiet. Is there somebody? Okay, so, so you know, he, he's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. Not even his sheep. It's not good. Okay, so it gets worse. He led the flock to the far side of the desert. One translation says, the King James translation says, he's there at the backside of the desert. Now listen, you're having a bad day when you're watching your father-in-law's sheep on the backside of the desert. He's as far away from his destiny as you can get. Come on, everybody still with me here? <laughs> and, and it's been 40 years. And Moses is walking around going, you know, it's never going to be the same. Have you anybody told you that lately about, you know, we've had this pandemic. It's never going to be the same again. Well, I believe it could be better than it was before. <laughs> You, you, you're, you know, you go through a, a tragic divorce. You go through the loss of something. Even we make a mistake in our life. And people will tell you it's never going to be the same again. Well, we serve the God who's a God of creation, who's a God of second chances, who's a God of restoration, who's not just going to be Humpty Dumpty and, and glue your pieces back together again. He's the God of creation who will lift you out of your worst failure and make it better than it was before you fell. So he's on the back side of the desert with Big Daddy's sheep. And there, someone say there. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Can I tell you right now, if you're battling a discouragement from your past, a defeat from your past, God has an encounter planned for you. God has an encounter. God has a moment. Today might be part of that moment. We're on the backside of the giving up of there's no hope and I'll never overlive what I've, or live, uh, you know, outlive what I've done. God has a divine appointment for you. And so there he sees a burning bush. Verse 3, so Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Don't we serve an amazing God? That we're in the lowest point of the biggest discouragement of our life and God walks up and finds you in that moment and says, I've got a message for you. I'm going to call you by name. I'm going to turn your disaster into holy ground. We're going to have an encounter here. I haven't given up on you. We're going to do what I put you on this earth to do. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we, we let's, let's drop down to verse number 10. You know what God told him. He said, you're going to go bring my people out, Moses. Verse 10, chapter 3. Maybe you've dealt with some of this. He says, uh, you know, have, have any of you ever tried to advise God? Yeah, okay. Let's go to chapter 3 and verse 10. 
so we read, he says, God says, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. See, that's what Moses wanted to do in the beginning. He just blew it the first time. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I? Wrong question. We should be saying, who are you? (laughs) See what happens when you live in discouragement? Who am I? You and I aren't the issue in this thing. Okay, so he says, who am I? (laughs) Okay, that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. All right, let's drop down to chapter 4, verse 1. Stay with me. I've got to keep moving. Remember, you gave me all those extra minutes, but I'm going to move. Exodus 4.1, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? So he, he, he says, God, I, look, I, I can't do this. I'm a fugitive. I murdered a guy. My, my picture's on a post office in Cairo. John Walsh is looking for me. I'm all over Facebook. I can't go back. What am I going to do? And he says, what if they say you didn't send me? God, how do I get out of the defeat of my past? What's the solution to this thing? Look at this. Verse verse 1 again, chapter 4. What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Look at verse 2. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? You know what he said? Moses, where's your seed? Where's your seed? Do you know in his biggest defeat, he still had a seed? Do you know that when he thought it was all over and nothing was left, he had a seed? Do you know where God always begins, no matter how far down you are, with something you have right now? Do you know that no matter what it looks like or no matter how far down you are, God says, where's your seed? Today, if you've been defeated by your past, I want to help you find your seed. I want you to recognize something's still there. A call is still waiting. An opportunity is still existing for you. Where's your seed? Moses, what's in your hand? He said, this this shepherd's staff. God says, let's use that. Let's start with that. God tells him, throw it down. It turns into a snake. He did what I would do. He runs away from it. We don't handle snakes around here. I don't want to go to a church that does. The way I handle snakes is run from them. Anybody with me? You put a snake up here, I'm going to make a new back door up here, all right? So, so, so he throws it down, it becomes a snake. God says, pick it up by the tail, it's back to his staff. You know what God is saying to him? I'm going to take the symbol, the shepherd's staff, this thing that's been your companion in misery for 40 years, and I'm going to make it the symbol of the greatest deliverance a nation has ever known. God used that staff when he raised it, the Red Sea parted. When he raised it again, it came back together. In Egypt, if Moses raised that staff, everybody ran for the hill. Can I tell you what God wants to do with your failure, discouragement, the thing you blew? He wants you to repent and to come back to him. And he's going to take what you're embarrassed of and make it the greatest testimony of your life. The seed of your restoration, of your repentance, will become the testimony that launches you into the plans of God. Today in Jesus' name, if you are living under the defeat of the past, there's a seed in your life today. Just repent. Just give it to God. Just say, God's not through with me. And what had mocked you will become your testimony. You don't have to apologize, be embarrassed, be ashamed. Give it to God and let it become a testimony. 
amazing thing that God will do. I have a lot more I want to say about that, but I want to show what happened to a little lady. She had to find her seed. Second Kings 4. Turn there with me. Second Kings, the fourth chapter. Aren't you thankful? That God knows how to rescue us and deliver us. We just need to find the seed. Stop wrestling and working and living under the path and realize God can take even my failure when I come to Him and repent and turn to Him and turn it into a mighty testimony. Amen? So sometimes we've got to find our seed. Our seed is the key of breaking out of the defeat of the past. But oftentimes... We're living under the discouragement of the present. We got to find a seed. You need to find your seed. We need to find what remains if you're living in a sense of lack and discouragement and fear today. We've got to break out of that in the body of Christ. So here we are. We've studied this passage before, but let's take a look uh, through the perspective of this kingdom seed. Chapter 4, verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. So her husband was a prophet, and he's died. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as a slave. He didn't manage money very well. How many know you can love Jesus and be a bad money manager? Okay, God will help you with both of those things, all right? Okay. So the man dies. Wife's in debt. Look at this. His creditor's coming to take my two boys as his slaves. This lady's in trouble. And I want you to understand, she'd become so discouraged, listen to me, that she was blinded to what she had. When we allow lack and fear and postponement to, to, to overwhelm us, we grow blind to what God has right there in front of us. Okay? Sometimes, many times, listen to me, I'm going to help somebody with this. We're praying for God to do something. Listen to me. We're waiting on God to do something when God has already given us the seed to change the situation that we're in. See, we're praying God changes, God changes, God help me, God free me. And God is saying, I gave you the seed, I gave you the seed, I gave you the seed. God help me, God help me. God's saying, plant it, plant it, plant it. It's like a farmer saying, got a barn full of seed. Standing in his field, saying, oh, God, help me grow a crop this year. Oh, God, give me a good harvest this year. And God's saying, look in the barn, look in the barn, look in the barn. Do you know God may be waiting on us while we're waiting on him? Do you realize the key to break out of this moment is already in our hand right now? (laughs) So he replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me. Here it is again. What's in your house? You know what he said? Where's your seed, lady? Where's your seed? God, listen to me, will never leave you in a place where there's not something you have that will release you from where you are into the purpose he has for your life. You are never separated from the answer that God has established in your life. So he says, what's in your house, ma'am? And look at her answer. Because of her discouragement, she says, initially, what's in your house? And, And she says, what? Your servant has what? Nothing. Isn't it amazing how we walk around as Christians with a nothing mentality when heaven has invested in us the seed to change the moment we're in? You know, oh, my marriage, there's nothing left. Hmm. 
Got quite thin, didn't it? There's nothing left in this marriage. Well, maybe a seed of kindness. Maybe a seed of forgiveness. Maybe a seed of generosity. Maybe a seed of, uh, of going. Uh, uh, maybe we need to stop saying I'll meet you halfway and just go ahead and go to the cross like Jesus did all the way and say for the sake of the kingdom and my marriage and my children, I'm going to love you anyway. Anybody still with me today? See, maybe we, we, we need to realize that what we count as nothing, God says you still have something. Okay. So she said, I don't have anything at all. And I guess she, she said, well, now that I think about it, I think the prophet gave her the prophet stare when she said that. You, you know what I'm saying? She said, I don't have anything. He goes, he wasn't going to do anything. She said, I don't, I don't have anything. She goes, well, let me think. Well, you know, there's this little jar of oil back up there on the cabinet, the top shelf over in the corner. There's a little jar of oil. He says, okay. See, she thought he'd say, well, you're right. That's nothing. He said, good, good. God, I don't have anything left. All I have left is that. God said, good, let's go. <laughs> I mean, what, what good is this going to do compared to my problem? He said, just go get it. Just see your seed. Find your seed. So, so she says, nothing there except the little oil. Uh, now, watch this. I shared this with you. It's been some time, and I want you to get this again. Where's your seed? The lady had the seed in her house. The lady had the seed in her hand. The lady had everything she needed to give her everything she was praying for. She had to find it. She had to see it. She had to utilize it. Why, if they're starving, was their little jar of oil still there? See, they used oil to cook their grain, to make their bread. You would think if they were starving and she had a little oil, she would have used it to make the last meal. But she didn't use that oil. Why didn't she use that oil? Because it wasn't cooking oil. Who was her husband? He was a prophet. So you know what kind of oil that was? Wasn't cooking oil. That was anointing oil. It represents the Holy Spirit. She said, I feel like my house is bare, but when I look, there's some Holy Spirit left in this place. I feel like there's nothing I can do, but look, there's a little anointing still inside my house. I've run out of all my human resources. Are you with me? But God left a deposit for me. If I go find my seed that God strategically planted, I have the answer to everything that's bothering me right now. See, see, right now, you may be discouraged by what's going on around you, and it looks like it's all gone. Listen, I want to help you. Sometimes you got to clear the clutter out of the house before you can find the seed that God put in there. You know that person that just walked off and left you? Adios, amigo. Hasta la vista, baby. See ya. Because they may have been standing in front of the shelf where your little jar of oil has been waiting on you to go in. Instead of following a man, crying after a woman, trying to make somebody work. Maybe God has to clear the house so you can find what he deposited for you. It was anointing oil. 
It was the product. See, see th- that anointing oil came out of the olives that had gone through a press and had squeezed something from the inside out. Right now, life's got a squeeze on you and you feel like I'm not going to make it, but the anointing is about to be released in your life. I believe the anointing is about to be released in America. I believe the church is going to rise up, the real body of Christ who loves Jesus and fearlessly preaches his word and cares about the hurting. And somebody may think they're going to close our doors and shut our mouth and take away this and that. Oh, you better watch out. You're just squeezing us. We're about to rise up with an anointing that's enough to see the glory of God. Better be careful. They'll put me off of YouTube when I preach like this. Now watch this. So he said to her, verse 3, go around. Now she's got a little jar, jar, right? A little jar. So what does he tell her to do? See, this doesn't make sense to us. He said, I want you to go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Now he gave her a little clue here. Watch this. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you. And your sons, pour oil in all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him, and afterwards shut the door behind her and her son. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. She kept pouring. Did you hear that? When when did the pouring stop? When all the jars were full. Okay. Now watch me, Calvary. You with me? Let's think about kingdom builders for a minute. Let's think about life. So I've got a seed. I've got, I've, got some, I've got some stuff. You have some stuff. Come on, everybody with me. You've got some dollars. You know you've got some dollars. I'm not going to take an offering now. Relax. You can get your hand off your purse. Come on, just listen to me, okay? But I can come to something like Kingdom Builders. Come on, I want to help us. This changed my life. Phyllis and I talked this, this month as we're praying about Kingdom Builders. Every year, our joy has been to say, Let's, let's do something new. Let's do some more. And God just keeps making way. So look at this. I could, I could look at something like this half, half-heartedly, haphazardly, and just say, well, you know, I, I, can, I can throw in $5 a month. Not many jars for that, pal. Or I could say, look what God's given me. I'm going to set my own measure I'm going to go get every empty jar that I can find. I'm not going to give him the least. I'm going to do something significant. Come on, everybody with me? You set your measure. How many jars were filled? As many empty as she dared to bring in the house. See, sometimes you've got to shut the door and get along with God and say, God, I need to hear from you. God, I want you to talk to me. I want you to speak to me. I want you to lead me and guide me. I don't want to just do what I would have done. I want to do what you want me to do. Anybody with me in this thing? And she filled them up. See, the question, family of God, is where's your seed right now? Where's your seed? What's going to, what can you give to God today that'll break you out of every cycle the enemy's been stealing from you? Where's your seed? Okay. Let's close this thing. Let me give you my last passage today. I'm editing, believe it or not. 2 Kings chapter 13. Turn there with me. 2 Kings 13. Let's look at this passage. 
Let's go to verse number 14. See, where's your seed? There's a seed that releases you from, from the defeats of the past. There's a seed that will release us from being discouraged by lack in the present. Are you with me? But here's what I want you to understand. There's, there's always, when we get to this, you, we, we need to recognize this. There's always a season to plant the seed. Seasons come and go. Are you with me? Opportunities arise and they have to be recognized. There are times when God says, speak to that person in the market, in your workforce. Pray for that person. Well, who am I? Asking the wrong question. Isn't that how Moses got in trouble? Come on, look at me. Look at me. It's not who am I. It's what do you want me to do? The Holy Spirit taps on your shoulder and says, you need to walk across the street. I know the neighbor's dog chewed up your petunias. I know their teenager drives in at midnight with a boom box rattling the windows of your house. Come on, everybody with me? I want you to walk across the street and do something for them. I know the guy in the cubicle next to you at work is driving you crazy. You know that he got a promotion. He sits over there and plays video games half the day while you're doing all the work. He got your promotion. I know that. But you've got a seed that he doesn't have. You've got a deposit that she doesn't have. Come on, are you with me? And the Spirit of God says, go make a deposit. Seasons come and go. Opportunities present themselves and go on. We have to learn learn to plant the seed when the opportunity is with us. Are you with me? Verse 14 of 2 Kings 13. Now, Elisha was suffering from the illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Now, east is the direction the armies were coming from to battle this kingdom. He said, open the window to the east. And, And so he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, Take the arrows. And the king took them. Elisha said, strike the ground. Are you with me? He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have completely uh, defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. And sometimes to read that, say, well, you know, I'm going to do better next time. Look at the next sentence. Look at the next sentence, chapter 20, verse 20. What does it say? Elisha died and was buried. That season closed. Here was an opportunity. The prophet said, King, where's your seed? He said, I got this arrow. He said, okay, let's take that. And I want you to open the window and I declare victory over your enemy. Wow. We're going to win this thing. God's for you. Now you take your seed... And I want you to strike the ground and half-heartedly, half-heartedly, nonchalantly misreading the season, not understanding the moment. 
maybe they were short on arrows. And he was worried. If I break this one, what am I going to have? Come on, anybody with me? Maybe lack had crept into the king's thinking. And he thought, if I break this, I won't get another one. And so three times, he patty cakes the ground. And the prophet said, I'm angry with you, king. I wanted to give you a victory that would revolutionize this kingdom and defeat that enemy and you'll never see him again. Because I'm about to go. You missed your window. Here's what I want to say today. God put seed in us. We have opportunity. My seed might just be say yes to God. My seed might be what we're saying today. Here's my life, no matter what the cost. Anybody still with me? It might be the seed that says I've been living under the defeat of my failure. And today I'm going to lift my head up and I'm going to walk out of that place and I'm going to give my life to God again. It might be the devil's whispered in your ear and said online, you've been away from God so long you can't even go to church. I'm going to tell you in the name of Jesus, God wants to free you from that, release you from that, restore you from that. Church family, I want you to stand on your feet. I didn't say leave. I said stand. I want the worship team to come. Come on, let's stand together right now. We have an opportunity today. How many are here in your pastor? We have an opportunity today. We have an opportunity to take the moment to find the seed. Your greatest seed, listen to me, is faith and obedience. How many heard what I just said? Your greatest seed is faith and obedience. The greatest gift God may have given you is your free will. Everybody still with me? To use that to make a choice that says I'm planting seed today. I'm not backing up anymore. I'm not compromising anymore. Come on, how many with me? I'm I'm making this step. God, here's my life. Here's this moment. Here I am. I'm I'm, I'm saying today, today, come on, look, listen to me. Today, hell's going to lose another one. (laughs) Today, hell's going to lose this battle. Today, I'm going to step out of this thing. Today, I'm going to stop living under the titles and the tags that people and life have put on me. And I'm going to step into the purpose of God for my life. Today, I'm going to do what God's been speaking to my heart to do. Come on. We're getting vaccinated from someday. We're saying, God, I'm going to start living today. I'm going to look again in my house and find that little jar of oil. I'm going to say, if God before me, who in the world can be against me? I'm going to say today that it's my opportunity. I'm going to take today and I'm going to smash the ground till there's nothing but splinters left on these arrows. Because if God says break the arrows, God's got all the trees where the arrows are going to come from. I'm going to always have enough. That's the church. That's who we are. You can love one more time. You can forgive one more time. You can be kind one more time. You can reach out one more time. You can get up one more time. You can believe one more time. You can't do that tomorrow. You can only do it today. It's our hour, church. It's our moment, church. It's who we are. Today. I want you to look at me. Worship team's getting ready. You guys just about there. Okay, good. I don't have any arrows to give you. <laughs> but let's, let's take a moment of just prophetic response to God. I got two hands. You've got some hands, right? 
okay? Okay, this is what we're going to do. God, we're going to say, Father, here's my life. Here, here I am in this moment. I've found my seed again. Are you with me? I've found my seed again. And I'm going to give it to you. And I'm not going to give it to you halfway. I'm going to give everything to you right now. Are you with me, church? Are you with me online? I want you to stand up in your home. Go sit there. You're not watching worship. You're in worship. Come on. Get up. Get up. Okay. So here we are. When I count to three, we're going to beat some arrows. Huh? These your arrows? Now, if you want a patty cake, give me a little courtesy clap. You know, a little pageant way. You can do that. But if you're real, if you said, I've had enough. My family's had enough. My prodigal children have had enough. I'm tired of this. This enough is enough. I'm breaking out of this. We're going to clap. But our clap is not for a man or a moment. It's a demonstration like the king who said, I'm not going to have God speak to my heart today in the window closed on opportunities. I'm not going to walk off from today with the regret. I'm by faith presenting myself to God. Let me tell you something. I sense very strongly the Holy Spirit wooing people back into the Lordship of Jesus today. There's people here today, you know about God, you love God, it's not that you don't love Him, but you've got trapped halfway. It's time to call Him Lord again. It's time to move out of that half and say I'm all. Are you with me? So I want to do a couple of things. The first thing, I want to give you a chance. I'm going to take my watch off because I'm going to beat my arrows. I don't want to fly on the front row. I'm going to beat my arrows. Are you with me? I'm going to count to three. Forget who else is here. I want you to stand before Almighty God who looked on us today and says, it's your time. The arrow's in your hand. The moment's in your grasp. Have you found your seed? God says, let's demonstrate it. You ready? You ready, family? Ready, Calvary family? One, two, Three, come on, let's do our God, we declare victory, breakthrough in the name of Jesus, the mighty God. Breakthrough. Here's our seed. Here's the glory. Here's the victory. Here's the breakthrough. In the name of Jesus, you're free. You're new. You're redeemed. You're rescued. You're restored. You're more than enough. Your future. It's here. Today is the day we claim our seed. We recognize our seed. We release our seed. We declare breakthrough. Breakthrough. Never again. Come on. The enemy will never get you here again. I'm out of it. I'm out of it. The past is broken. The past is broken. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Breakthrough, Lord. The seed is planted. The seed is planted. The harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. 
There's faith in this house today. There's deliverance happening in this room right now. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.